0: Welcome, everyone, to the Sunday Recap. Welcome back. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We're going to be talking about Pastor Mitch's sermon from Sunday on Philippians Chapter 1. Uh, this is Chris McLaughlin, and today I'm here with Ariel Eldridge. How's it going?
1: It's good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Ariel's joining us from home again this week, um, and uh, Mitch is not here today because he's got a sick kid at home. So, hi, Mitch. Listening, Mitch listening like yeah, all the we other do listeners. <laughs>
1: I know. And I think, uh, I think he really wanted to be here. I think it's fun to unpack just the background thoughts from the pastor yeah. after the sermon, you know,
0: like yeah. what did you yeah.
1: wish you had included or what would you have said differently or, you know, um, and I think oh, he would have enjoyed that with us.
0: It's always so fun to, to dig into that stuff. Cause y- you get you get to sort of be in their head a little bit (laughs) around it yeah one of these days we we have to have Scott in here I think to talk through one of his messages I know he's like super busy but we we should get him in here and uh, make that happen we'll have to pick the right one Get getting yeah. in here. Yeah. be fun. Well, we do want to let you guys know uh, before we get rolling into Philippians 1 about the uh, prayer event that's coming up on October 3rd. I think we, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, but do want to let you know that this is uh, this is happening. This is something that we are, are calling our entire church to come out and be a part of. Uh, it's going to be on October 3rd. That's a Sunday evening. It's going to be at uh, 6.30 p.m. at the church. And uh, should be about an hour, but here's the thing with this is we want you to be there. We want your family to be there too. So kids uh, ages uh, from grade kindergarten and up, we want to be in, in the room with us as we're praying that they might participate in prayer with us and that uh, prayer could be modeled to them. We're going to have childcare for kids that are in preschool and younger as well. So so make your plans to be here for that night, uh, October 3rd, Sunday night, uh, 6.30 p.m. We're going to pray uh, and pray together as a church family. So we'll see you then. Ariel, this week, Pastor Mitch was up there giving us the sermon on Philippians chapter one. This is the second sermon in the Praying with Paul series, uh, where we're looking at passages uh, from Paul's letters, where he's talking about how he's praying for the churches and um, And and praying for specific things help us again just to sort of unpack how does this work how are we able to like look at a passage like this the letter to the Philippians and uh, be able to glean something from that about how then we should be praying
1: well I think that Mitch really did a good job of kind of um, explaining this to the congregation on Sunday just how we want to look at a passage and think about what. Paul was trying to say to them and and help that inform what was going on in the church at the time. Right. And, um, and then use that reasoning to, um, to inform how we can apply his love for the church that he's praying for and model his prayer for our, um, situation as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just taking what, what Paul was doing and applying it to, um, to our context.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what's interesting about the Philippian church too and and Mitch did give us some background on it, but when you look at at the way that the Philippian church started, it's it's fascinating to see that they're at a place where Paul could say some of the things that he's saying, like like he's like thankful for their partnership in the gospel and and um you know, and and all this like love and compassion that he has for the people of Philippi. Um when you look at Acts 16, Like there were no Christians there, right? Paul goes into Philippi and then, well, I mean, explain a little bit what happens there where, where some people, some Christians begin to emerge.
1: Well, I think it's great because they have a weird backstory yeah, and some really amazing things happened. And, uh, and so you have the story of the slave girl who, Mm -hmm. um, was brought, um, well, who was relieved of a spirit, right? Right and, uh, that
0: was making money for people
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. so, um so she is exercised, and then she and then she turns into a Christ follower. and then you have the jailer who um finds himself in a horrible situation where he's he's willing to um kill himself, basically because of the escape of prisoners. and they're like, wait, we're all here. Um, yeah. and he just he he converts as well. and so, This church has started on the backs of of some really, really wild stories of God's providence and goodness.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and what's interesting is there was really a lot of persecution against Paul specifically when he was in Philippi. So much that he ran from there pretty much after that uh, to move on to some other cities. And 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 I don't know that he. The scriptures don't tell us that he went back to Philippi after that. That that was really his only visit to the Philippian church. And so mm-hmm. he probably received word from the church uh, somehow through a letter or whatnot that of how they were doing, that the church was was growing, that there were some people there that they were um, taking what Paul had taught them in the little time that he was there and applying that. And, and, um, and so he was so encouraged. So he begins this letter um I mean, you, you can just imagine how he would feel about this. So he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I, that's just fascinating wording because he's like, there's only just these few of you, but you were partners with me in the gospel right from the get-go, you know? Uh, this is really neat. And he says, uh, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So he, he's affirming that good work that God had begun in them. Um, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my mm-hmm. imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So you can hear the the joy, the the absolute just um, elation of what God has done uh, in this in this little church that started with Lydia, a slave girl, and a in a Philippian jailer, right, and and then turned into something where they are now partners in the gospel with Him, defending the gospel. To mm. a, a city that, really is hostile to the gospel message, how do then we apply that that portion of the passage to us? Because, um, I mean, he's he's beginning his conversation with them, and he's in prayer, with such joy. Um, mm. How should we then have that that same kind of joy? Uh, maybe looking for the same types of things, uh, you know, that that then may give us that joy in our prayer life.
1: Well, when I was reflecting on this passage and just thinking about the love that um, we have as a body of believers at Stones Crossing Church or in, you know, when, whatever church context you may be in, if you're listening. Um, and he's praying that their love would abound, but he's modeling it before he even starts the letter. Um, he's basically saying, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time together. That's the background. He doesn't come out and say that, but, um, but when I think of you, I am overjoyed because of our partnership in the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that there's not a lot of context of, of backstory of them spending a ton of time together in living rooms and worshiping together. Um, but there's some of that. And the thing that knits them together is the fact that they are co-laborers in the gospel of Christ, that they are, that they are, um, both recipients of grace and um and that is the greatest unifier that two or more human beings can have yeah um, and so when we, when we think about how to apply that or how to how to love people um, I just think of like when I enter the church on a Sunday and hopefully you feel this way too, when you see people that you know very little about, maybe you haven't spent a ton of time with them, but you love them anyway it's mm-hmm. not from your own, you know, emotions or affections. It is, it's the spirit of Christ just, um, creating this love in you as a fruit of the spirit because of your recipient or your, your status as a recipient of grace, um, and, and being loved by Christ for no reason of your own.
0: <laughs> right. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. When you think about whatever, our, what our biggest problem is, our biggest issue is that we are sinners in, in rebellion against God, right? And to then be forgiven and restored and given mm-hmm. the righteousness of Christ then is the answer to the biggest problem. And when we have that in common with other people, that does absolutely unify us together uh, under, that, under that common thread. And I think it's, um, it's powerful, it's powerful yeah. to see that and i think paul i mean even within that grace it's even more than that because it's it's even extending not just in, from their salvation but also to the work that they're doing that god is helping them in this in this work uh and they have found a uh sort of a common joy in that mm-hmm. as well like like god is and this is something i think we'll talk about later as we get into what he's praying for but god truly is is helping them in this ministry that they're doing and God Mm -hmm. is helping Paul as well. And, and so he's like, look what God is doing. Like, you know, he's, he's saved us. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's created us. He saved us. And now he is using us together for one purpose, one unified purpose. Um, Right. You know? Um, Yeah. And so he says it
1: right there in verse seven. Yeah. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Right. And I mean, I, I think about that, all all the weird times that I will say to people who are new to our church, especially when I was in the role of Connections Director, hey, I love you. <laughs> yeah. And how awkward that can sometimes be for people. <laughs> and then sometimes it's awkward for me to say it, but it, it's true, I do. I love them, but it's not a, a love that I can muster on my own. Right. It is a love out of, the, out of being a, a, a partaker of grace yeah. with them. And so um, I'm just thankful for the spirit that, um, that God would be willing to, to give us the gift of, um, of his work.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what actually then leads into Paul's prayer, right? So like he, he, the first thing that he prays for, the key thing that he prays for in here in verse nine is love. Uh, he says, mm-hmm. it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so let's unpack this a little bit. The way that Mitch broke this down for us, and I think this is right, um, it seems like the, the main thing that, that he's praying for is love, and that this love is coupled with knowledge and discernment. And then mm-hmm. in verse 10 on, after that, what you have there is the fruit of that, um, being able to approve what is excellent, to be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, that all of these things are the, the outworkings of this love um, that is abounding within us. And so let's talk a little bit about the first one there, then, this idea of love. Um, now, one thing that Mitch did point out, which I think is important, is that this Greek word is the word agape, which is different than... Uh, some of the other words for love. Why is this different? What does agape mean? How do how, how do we understand that then today?
1: Well, having not done a word study, because you gave it to me like a pop quiz. That's
0: right. <laughs> right now. I do. I,
1: I On will, the spot, I will. Ariel. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that Mitch talked about it being um, a love like God loves, and so it's a yep. um, it's a it's out of God's love. It's it's a transfer of what He's doing. Um, in Mm -hmm. us and, and, and he referred to Romans five, which I really appreciate because, um, it says right there that God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. And, um, and so that kind of love is the love that would die for us, even though there's nothing that we could do that would be clean or helpful or, um, worthy that he did it just because he loves us as an act. Um, and so it goes beyond feeling, it goes beyond, um, just pure action. It's, it's all of those things, but it comes from the source of God rather than from, from man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's all, there's also connotations of, of what Jesus said, like greater love is no one than this, that, that he who lays down his life for his friends. Right. So, so, so this, this idea of love is Mm self-sacrificial. Um, it is uh connected to the Hebrew word hased which is this god's loyal love
1: hased has come up so many times in the last year for me yeah i just i can't wait to take hebrew because i need some more vocabulary
0: <laughs> oh it's oh it's such a good it's such a good word and um yeah yeah so so yeah th- this whole idea of of god's um loyalty to us his um his patience with us, his, his willingness to, to stick with us no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think all of that is, is sort of wrapped up into this agape concept. And it is truly, just like you said, exemplified on the cross. Um, uh, That's where you see that, that love perfectly displayed for us. Um, But then from that, then you, what you have there is this not that we ever do this perfectly, but, but we can show agape love in sort of a mirrored form. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but we can only do it because God loved us first. Right. That's what, what John says. We love because God loved us first. So,
1: yeah, I kind of see it like a, uh, a child who is mimicking the, the actions of their parent. You know, we just, yeah, we don't get it perfectly. Right. Um, but thankfully, um, through sanctification, we're growing, mm-hmm. and um, and hopefully becoming more and more like Christ. Yeah, as we do, as we practice these things and walk out in these things. So,
0: yeah, that's so encouraging. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Absolutely. encouraging for the
1: folks who don't get it right. Um, yeah, and I have my hand raised. So,
0: oh, totally. And that's why I think it's so important that we get the order of this correct, right? I mean, that we right. don't have to be. I just think so many times we see people struggling with, I need to get my life together before I come to Christ. And that's the, that's the wrong way to think about it. It's actually, you're only going to really get your life together once you let Christ do it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, so, so really becoming a Christian is more of an act of surrender. It's recognizing our, our inability. It's recognizing mm-hmm. our need. And it's surrendering to God saying, God, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. And it's just going to him um, and trusting in his righteousness and then allowing the love, his agape love for you, really perfectly displayed through the cross to then begin to shape you and form you. Um, there's a book that I read to my kids sometimes. Have you, guys, mm-hmm. have you ever read the book, uh, uh, I Am Special? It's the little one about the, the Wemmicks and things like that. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh-uh. So this is a, this is a children's book. It's by Max Lucado. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, okay, good. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so good. So okay. it's about these little wooden people. They're called Wemix, and what they do is they run around all day and all night, and they give each other stickers. And if you you do good things and if you look nice and all that stuff, then you get these gold star stickers. But if you do something bad or your paint is chipped or peeling or whatever, people would run up to you and give you a gray dot sticker. And so there were some people that had all of these gold star stickers and they would get more gold star stickers and they felt all good about themselves. But then there's these Wemmicks and it follows the story of one Wemmick named Punchinello who only gets gray dot stickers. He's got them all over him. and. but isn't that so true? Isn't it so true? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then what happens is, is he meets I'm telling the whole story, but, but he, this
1: is like the backstory of children's ministry. Like this is the underlying. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, what happens is, is he meets a, a girl Wemmick who um, doesn't have any stickers on her at all. And he's like, okay, I want that. Like, how do I get no stickers at all? And so, she says, well, you just go and, and you spend some time with Eli, the woodcarver. And so he lives out the shop at the top of the hill. And he's like, I've never even heard of him. And so like, he goes up there and he sits with Eli and he learns how much Eli really loves him and cares for him. And, he, and Eli explains that as you trust in his love, that the stickers stop sticking. They just fa- start falling off. And, um, oh, wow. And so as he's leaving, the, the story ends that as he's leaving the wood house for the first time the first dot actually falls off because he starts to really believe that that Eli really loves him just for who he is yeah. um and and i think that's that's part of what's happening here you know uh, as we as we begin to just kind of bring this all back uh, but, uh, but <laughs> here comes the
1: relevance yeah, okay
0: <laughs> but 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 as as we uh really begin to uh to know uh, truly know the love of god that um, that changes us. Um, it, yeah. it, it shapes us in such a way that we then want to then display this love to other people, um, and and it's very real. It's very tangible. Um, so, uh, but it, I think it also takes it takes intentional effort, also on our part to to kind of look at um, how does the love of God actually apply in our life and, and to reflect mm-hmm. on that. I, I think that's one thing that I'm finding more and more is that I need to reflect on that more as I, um, in order to really allow the love of God to shape my identity and, and who I am. So
1: yeah. yeah. Wow, it's really good. That'll preach.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I'll put that book in the show notes. It's great for kids, but but it's good for good for your soul too. So
1: (laughs) I am gonna read that to my teenager.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great.
1: It sounds awesome. That's awesome.
0: Well, let's dig into the second thing that uh, Mitch talked about. So we talked about that really Paul's main prayer here is for that the Philippian church, that their love, their agape love may abound more and more, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That it would go, uh, the Greek there is over and above is kind of the idea. But then it's coupled with two things. It's w- coupled with knowledge and with discernment. So let's talk about knowledge first. Um, so why should our love, uh, our agape love be coupled with knowledge. Why is that important? Like, I mean, true knowledge of who God is.
1: Well, I I think, um, going back to what you said about us mirroring the love of Christ, Mm -hmm. um, what, what God has demonstrated in Christ. Um, once we understand that and we know that, um, and we, um, we truly believe it, that's the only thing that informs how we can mirror that love. Um, I think if we're if we get a wrong idea or a wrong theology mm-hmm. of the love of God, then we're going to mirror a wrong theology in our love, and it's going to be that more imperfect. Um, those are quick thoughts. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think too. I mean, we can't really love God or love anybody without knowledge of, uh, like, let's say, I talk about loving God. We can't love God unless we know who he is, you know, it'd be the same thing about like trying to love us, love our spouses, but you know, you, you you don't ever spend time with them. You don't, you don't actually know much about them. You know, it just seems absurd. Like why would, why would you say, I, I love you when you don't, you don't really in that way, when you don't really know that person, um, super well, Uh if that makes sense. So, um, so, well, like I think our- you could
1: start there because I think about all like the the relationships who start as like a um, an arranged marriage or whatever. Sure. And sometimes those are the most long lasting relationships because they choose um, they choose to grow in that the knowledge of each other. And I think that's probably what you're getting at, right? That that's the right, enrichment yeah. Enrichment of of it becoming a, a long lasting and truthful. Um, love is to, is to put in the effort to know, uh, the object of your, of your affection, I guess.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. That it's kind of like <laughs> that. Well, it's like that quote that, um, that pastor Derek uses all the time, uh, from that, uh, there's a band called beautiful eulogy that's out there. Yeah. And, uh, and the pastor on there, he, he, that's on this, on, in this band, he talks about this idea of how the, um, like our love for the object of our faith will grow in in direct proportion to our knowledge of the object of our faith. Right. So, so like we, we need to grow in knowledge, uh, in order to grow in our affections. Um, the more that we learn about God, the more that we find that we love God. Um, and, and there's really a one-to-one direct relationship (laughs) to that. Um, I think this is actually part of my story and, and, and I think Ariel, probably somewhat of your story as well, where um, I know for me i um I would say i've I've been a Christian since I was about seventeen years old, and for a little while I was really growing in my knowledge of God and growing in my love of God but there, there was a period of time where I kind of stopped that and i I stopped really digging into theology um, and and stopped really kind of learning about who God was because um, and this is a, a longer story I could share at another point but um uh, i I went to a a a Bible college that taught me some things that ultimately undermined my trust in God's word and mm-hmm. so I'm like, i don't want to have anything to do with that and so I decided to not study theology at all and so there was about i'd say about eight years where I just didn't really continue to grow could continue to to learn more and um and all of that then really changed and once i once I started getting back into that again, I saw how much my love for God began to grow and how much my trust in him began to grow. Um, and it was really that direct one-to-one relationship, um, Mm -hmm. that that my knowledge increased my, my love and my faith. Um, what's, what's your story with all that?
1: I would say mine is, uh, is, is close, but I think it was more along the lines of, of, Hearing wrong things about God and maybe even believing several wrong things about God uh, for much of my childhood into adulthood, mm-hmm. and seeing how that weighed so heavily on the the truth of the gospel, like it changed the gospel for me. right. Um, and it gave me a false gospel, which actually put a lot more burden on me and um, and I didn't yeah. realize what I was carrying for so long until... Uh, until I think I my eyes were opened and and just um, learning more about who God is and His character, learning that His character doesn't contradict Himself, mm-hmm. um, that each member of the Trinity is um, in complete um, is in complete love, and um, we talked about us as- how God has no need for anything outside of Himself, right. and that changes that changes the gospel for me because it it becomes something that was extended to me, not because of what I earned or did, but out of the overflow of who God is. And, um, and it became a richer, truer gospel. And then suddenly there were so many things that I was able to shed that were not true about the gospel, um, that took the pressure off of, off of me, um, and helped me understand what grace is. And, and, man, my affection for the Lord just exploded after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I think I get a little bit passionate about it because <laughs> I, 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 I don't want other people to walk in um, misunderstanding of who God is and what Christ has actually done. Um, and so I think yeah. that's where, where um, his affections— have um, have brought on a, a, a love for others because of what he's done for me that I think is yeah. the same type of agape love that that Paul is praying for the Philipp- yeah. Philippian church to have
0: yeah yeah I think it's it's interesting because it, it, at least the way that I felt when I was in that in that stage was a little bit like the the elder brother in the in the prodigal son story. Yeah. you know, where it was like I and and Mitch actually brought this up. he he asked this question. He said, uh, do we want to know God more than we want to know His will for our life? you know mm-hmm. and and I think this is this is a, a really key question. It's kind of asking the idea like, do we do we want to really know God? Or do we just want his stuff? Or, or do we just want to just tell me what to do, God, and so that way I can get your stuff, you know? And that's what the elder brother did in the prodigal son story. He was the dutiful son, right? He, he did everything right. He followed all the rules. And his expectation at the end was that he was gonna get the inheritance. But that's why he was there. He just wanted the inheritance. Mm-hmm. And it was the same as the younger son. The younger son also just wanted the inheritance. Um, and so he asked for it early, he took takes the, his half of the inheritance and leaves and squanders it away when he comes back. you can see the disdain in the older son because the 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 younger son basically they, they, this big party gets thrown because the younger son comes back but that big party is being um uh paid for by the part of the inheritance that the older son was supposed to receive, you know? And it's like, oh my gosh. And then the the, the older son has a big problem with what's going on. He's like, I have served you. I have done everything right. Why are you doing this for him? And he just says, because my son was lost and now he's found, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I, I felt like the older son, I think in that where I yeah. just was like, I just want to know God's will for my life. I just tell me what to do so I can make it to heaven or just tell me what to yeah. do so I can have a blessed life. Just tell me what to do. But that's not what God wants. He wants, he wants us to want him. Right. Right. Um, Just as much as he wants us. And I think that's where it starts. Like he, he really wants, he really wants us. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't just want what we can do. He doesn't just want, you know, the things that we can offer him, things like that, which is nothing in compared to who he is. Right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, absolutely nothing. Um, he just wants us yeah. and that changes our, the whole dynamic of the relationship. Cause now we're free to say, okay, God, who are you? And, and as we learn about who he is and this love that he has for us, then it, then it's really about, God, I, I just really want to know you too.
1: We were sticker earners, Chris.
0: Oh, I was, I was all over the sticker earning business. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah.
1: Same. Uh, the audience would may not know this, but Chris and I are both ones on the Enneagram. Not that there's a lot of stock in the Enneagram. But it, <laughs> it probably says a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Give me all the gold star stickers. Let's yeah. go. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But sometimes, oh, yeah, it seems like it's harder for the gospel to um, get across to people like you and I because of uh, just the... The trust that we have in our own efforts, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, praise God. Oh, I love I love to hear good stories, good outcomes.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: I'm still trying to earn stickers, though. I have to like fight myself on it. <laughs> right,
0: I know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Ariel, for our listeners who are maybe new to wanting to grow in knowledge, um, what's a good place to start? Like, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna start somewhere. Uh, to really start growing in our knowledge of God, so that our love for Him may grow, what might be some place to to jump into first, or where did you start?
1: For me, I think we've talked about this before. I I knew that it had to come from Scripture, and um, but I didn't like reading Scripture because uh-huh. um, I didn't understand it, and um, and so I just prayed about it. I really did. I I prayed for um, for a longing to read the Scriptures that I would enjoy it, that I would crave it. Mm-hmm. And that I, then I started praying that God would grow me in wisdom. And I think, um, that it, those two things went hand in hand, that knowledge and wisdom all come from knowing the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so reading his word is where I started and, um, I just started small. I found like a, um, I found like a reading plan that had, um, some application and some, uh, some commentary with it every week or every day and I would read a small section of scripture and then I would uh, read that commentary. And that just kind of kept um, fueling me to turn, come back to it day after day. Yeah. Um, then I finally got to a place where I, I was learning how to read scripture without anyone holding my hand with commentary so that I could, I could understand it. I felt like the the spirit was training me to read God's word and interpret it. And, mm. um, and I still lean on, on others because it's so, it's so good to do theology and, and community and to talk with others and, yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of this journey came from leaning into you and to Mitch and, um, and friends on staff, um, to help spur each other on in our growth and just talk about it and to be excited about the Lord and what he's doing. Right. Uh, so yeah, find a buddy and really read the Bible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. My journey was so weird because I was not a big reader. Um yeah I'm, I'm such a slow reader Same. and so so I I actually started with some podcasts um so I I found uh, somebody recommended to me a couple different podcasts like I think it was like The White Horse Inn was one mm-hmm. and then um there were uh some apologetics podcasts that I was interested in and so I started listening to some of these podcasts and I was like listening to these things and I'm like whoa they are talking on another level like I, I I don't understand half of the words they're saying, but I'm just going to keep listening and see if I can catch up. So I just yeah. kind of kept listening and tried to get what they were what they were what they were talking about, and it, it took me a while to kind of figure it out. And then um, uh, and then I decided to start reading again, and 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 I started picking up a few a few books and things like that, and of course reading mm-hmm. scripture along with it, it, which is which is crucial. But I think um, I started picking up a few books here and there, but. Um, a a really, I mean, it kind of depends on what, you know, what you're wanting to dig into, but there are, I mean, sometimes we recommend books and podcasts here on, on Mm -hmm. this podcast or, um, or whatnot, but yeah, if you're looking for something in particular, we would love to hear from you and we would love to maybe make some recommendations to you of some places to start. So, so reach out to us.
1: Um, I would say one more thing that I think was helpful for me were creeds and confessions because they are like a, um, they're like a an overview of the truths that we assent to of the yeah. Bible, yeah. and so it's an outline of the Bible and uh, and what we hold to be true about God and what what He has revealed about Himself, and so those were kind of a quick right. outline um, for some framework. Because um, I just needed some language to to understand a little bit more about what I was seeing about God and in the scriptures, and those yeah. were helpful. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think that's good. Just, just and just to point out too, like. It's not scripture, right? Um, a, sure. A, a creed is not is not like authoritative the way that scripture is, right. but it should reflect scripture, um, and it's written by people who put some serious thought and time and prayer into those things. It's not like, you know, someone just kind of threw this thing together because they needed to stick it on a website. Um, <laughs> this is this is right. something that no. people really put energy into. Now, it is important to note, like with historical theology, like that, you know. Um, Sometimes it's not always accurate. Sometimes it's not always right, but but it is well thought out, and it is and um, it is good to go back and to reflect on those things and to see mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what the church in the past has thought about these things, and I want to take those things seriously.
1: Right. Yeah, it helps because there's so many questions that we think are brand new questions and nobody has an answer to it, but it's probably something that men have (laughs) wrestled with for hundreds of years. (laughs) There's
0: nothing new under the sun. Uh, No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So same, same stuff, same questions. Totally. And, uh, it's good to, to go to, you know, councils who have spent some time working through them. So,
0: yeah, Absolutely. Well, let's dig into the la- the last one here that Mitch talked about. And this is where, um, it, it, let's kind of back up here. We can see what Paul was praying for. So verse nine, again, it says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment is what he says. Now, the word discernment here is is kind of complicated. Um, and I want to sort of unpack this briefly, and then we can talk about how we apply this. But the idea here of discernment is um, is not just about discerning, because um, it can mean kind of help and guidance with decision-making and things like that. But I think it's, it's even more specific to how are we going to then apply the love of God uh, to others in the world. Um, so the word itself, it... it it, it, it can be translated uh, in the NIV. It says "depth of insight" is the way that it puts it, and I think that's a probably maybe a little bit better um, way to translate it in this case, because. Ultimately, what, what, what Paul is getting to here is he's like, look, the, the object that we're talking about here is love, this agape love that God has given to us and that we're going to be sharing it with others. It has to be grounded in the knowledge of God, but we also have to have basically discernment or wisdom or insight to be able to know how to rightly apply that to other people, um, how to do that well. And so what what Paul is praying for here is just that, 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 um, that we would rightly apply the love of God, um, according to his will and the way that his spirit is, is leading us. Um, and so, so that's what, uh, that's kind of where I landed on, on, on what that, what Paul is really praying for there. Um, so I think, um, a lot of what Mitch talked about makes a lot of sense for that because, uh, like I really liked him going back to Psalm 1, where he talked about how, uh, you know, we are to be like a tree that is planted by the river, right? Um, mm-hmm. By the water and how we are refreshed by that. And So, so in, that, in that being planted by the river, um, there's an image there of the Spirit um, who helps us to then grow and flourish and, and then be able to, to bear fruit so that we can give that love of God to other people.
1: I would love to get to the, the, the point where we talk about how we actually do this how do we accomplish it? Yeah. Because the, I mean, he talked about the results of, um, of growing in love uh, so that they may approve what is excellent. That it may be pure and blameless and filled with the fruit of righteousness for the glory and praise of God. Right.
0: Right. Right. And that's what, that's what that comes out. That's the result, right. Of yeah, this love yeah. abounding.
1: So what do we do? What do we do, Chris? <laughs> how do we, how do we make it happen?
0: Well, the, I think the key thing here is, is as we're growing in the love of God through the knowledge of God, right? So, so we're learning more about him. We're growing in our love for him. What that's going to then do is produce fruit in our life where we're going to want to share this love with others. And that's going to be a natural result of what, of what happens here. Um, mm-hmm. But we need to be discerning and careful about how we do that. Um, you know, we can't, we can't love everybody. Um, there's too many people we, that would kill us, right? So, so we can't do that. So we have to be careful about how we're doing that. So wisdom says, and really the spirit's wisdom through the word helps us to have some priorities around, um, who we love and who we love first. So, mm-hmm. uh, on earth, that's going to probably be our, our spouses first. Right. And then mm-hmm. our children, um, that we, that we would love our, um, uh, our friends, our, you know, our, our friends and our family and things like that. Um, that we would love the church first and, uh uh, 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 kind of as a higher priority than, than the world around us, uh, than, than mm-hmm. unbelievers that's from Galatians six ten. It says that we should do good to everyone, but especially to those of the household of faith is what it says. And so, um, so there's a priority there that the spirit gives us in, in his word. Um, so so, I think some of that discernment is about priority. Um, who do we love first? Who do we pour our time and our energy and our love into? so that's describing who we love, uh, what priority we should have and who we love, but what about how we love like wh- like the the things that we do for people, um, How mm-hmm. does the spirit help us to know how to love people?
1: Um, well, I think that obviously we if we look at how how Christ has loved us and we go back to those those passages that we looked at before and we see that no greater love has anyone than this that he laid down his life for his friend or whatever and you look at um, um, Romans 5
0: mm-hmm.
1: there is obviously a self-sacrifice that goes along with loving others uh, but I think we have to be discerning in this as well and, and think through um, how can I how can I be faithful to the gospel? How can I bring, um, how can I bring, uh, how can I fulfill needs around me, especially to those who are in the body of believers? Mm-hmm. But how can I also make sure that I'm doing that out of the right motivation and, um, and out of love? And so I think it looks different for every individual on how we are um, constantly dying to self. Mm-hmm. And and weighing our motivations for why and what we do. Yeah. Um and so yeah, that's the best I could come up with because it is it is it is tricky to to get into the details of what that looks like. Um, for some it might look like dropping everything and and making a meal for a friend who's um homebound. Um, for someone else that might be too much for them. They might be neglecting their family to be able to do that. Um, and they need to take care of um, priorities. So I think that leaning into that discernment that you talked about just now on, on who to love, how to prioritize, um, is different for every person, and really relies on a daily um, dying to self and submission to the Spirit.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's something that we grow into. You know, so yeah. so it, the submission mm-hmm. part is something that we I think we get better at as we learn that we can trust God more and more. Right. So, so it may begin with something like may begin with something like, okay, well, I'm going to, um, you know, take a meal to somebody. Maybe that starts there, but then it, but then it becomes something like, okay, well, I, I need to probably do more of this stuff for other people. So I'm going to volunteer over at, um, uh, loving beyond meals and start doing that maybe through that process that you realize, man, I I need to actually be submitting more to my spouse at home. Like, like, how do I, how do I love and care for them more? Like you may be convicted that you're doing this stuff outside, but not, but not in, (laughs) in your own home. And so it's like, oh wow, now I need to grow in that. And and I think little by little, you end up getting to a place where you're like, um, just wanting to do more, wanting, wanting to love more and care for, care for more people. Um, that it can go all the way to the place of like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna sell everything I have and move to North Africa like the Corcorans, or you know, yeah. or, uh, yeah. uh, or 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 do stuff like that because the love of God is so great within you that that you're just like, I I have to go and I have to love love other people and I have to use um, what God has given me to do that and I think that that's probably the other thing to consider and that is gifting. Like, Mm -hmm. like how has God gifted you? Um, it's another thing to ask, what do you enjoy doing? And what do you, what gifts do you have that you can bring to the table? Um, the spirit has given everybody at least one gift at least. Right. And so, so in that you have a very unique gift that the church needs. And, um, and so it's important to recognize what that gift is and, and recognize how to use that, when to use that, who you should use that for. Um, And I think that's part of that discernment that Paul is talking about.
1: That is so tricky, though, because I would, I mean, you know, just as an aside, that is really, really tricky. And I I think that's probably one of the um, harder things that I have been trying to walk through recently, like, is it time to step out of ministry vocationally? You know, is it time to uh, make a change and serve more in this way or that way? Um, And just trying to, to... discern what the Spirit of God has gifted me to do and how to prioritize all at the same time. I mean, I'll tell you, it is hard. It is really hard for every believer. And I'm going to say that we probably um, will have moments where we're like, man, that probably wasn't the best idea. <sighs> and then we hopefully will course correct and, and try something different. Um, all out of... Out of the the agape that we've been shown, I
0: yeah. guess. So thankful, Ariel, for you to jump on here and help to talk about all this stuff. And and uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get Mitch back in here. We can we can razz him about uh, not being here next week. So. <laughs>
1: I would never razz him about a kiddo with an ear infection. That's
0: true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next week, we're going to actually jump into uh, session three of this, our third sermon in the series of Praying with Paul. And um, if I remember right, we're going to be looking at Ephesians this time, Ephesians chapter three. So we're going to be jumping over there this week. Uh, Pastor Scott will be back up. So we're looking forward to that. Also, uh, once again, just remind you, October 3rd prayer event, 6.30 p.m. We'd love to have you there for that. And as always, if you have any questions for us, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, have a great week. We'll see you next time on the Sunday Recap.